Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Charlie Butters. I'm back once again. We're going to get right into it this week. It's the deal, Adam Slade. And we're back. I'm Charlie Butters, and I'm joined today by Bradshaw Utah, aka the Thad Castle of Pro Wrestling, aka the Deal, aka Scary Awful, aka Adam Slade. What's going on, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? It's good, good. Nice, uh, quiet evening. Yeah, I feel that. I cannot complain. I just finished my Kidova. I'm ready to just kind of chill the rest of the night and enjoy. Get ready for this weekend. Hell yeah. So I got to see your, your new interview series. Oh, the, uh, the, what's the deal with the deal Adam played? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it actually, it was funny how it, it actually came about. Like it was just a random, like one night I was just laying in bed and I couldn't fall asleep. And like, it just kind of came to me as an idea. And I was like, I'm going to write that down because I might forget it if I fall asleep or whatever. So I wrote it down and when I woke up, like, well, when I saw my lady later, I fixed the idea. And she's like, yeah, it's like this thing on Netflix. And I like checked out the thing on Netflix. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. So I went ahead and I was, I told, I was, uh, I was talking to Bradley Prescott about it. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Do that. And I was like, okay, cool. And so we did the paradigm tapings the other day. And I was like, I'm going to film some of this stuff and just see what happens and put it out there. And, you know, it seemed to got a good re- uh, reaction. So I'll probably keep doing it for a little bit. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice surprise. Um, solid first question, uh, to ask, um, my buddy does a podcast and he asks like, you know, what's your favorite pop tart? He has like a bunch of those kind of questions. And, uh, I, when you did that, I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. And then it's a little bite size, like little things with different wrestlers. That's, that's a fun thing. Like that'll definitely, uh, gain traction on Twitter. That's fun stuff that, that we like to see. So, yeah, I just figured with, you know, with COVID kind of starting to actually like go, like, you know, actually start to get taken care of. I figured it's time to start putting some content out there because shows will eventually start running again and whatnot. So I'm just like, yeah, in the meantime, here's some content. Right on. Uh, so you also did uh, some other stuff too with a, um, a list of the X-Men films and you ranked them. Yep. So let's go over this list. Okay. Um, what did you have at number one? Uh, if I remember correctly, I had days of, I think I had, it was either days of future past or X two. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, unfortunately. I think it was X two uh, as well. Honestly, yeah, I think it was X two. Um, because and for me, like I think it's just a solid combination of like it's just like a, a really solid story that also like adds to the elements of the first movie, mm-hmm. and it's like it's an actual legit adaptation of one of the excellent stories as opposed to the first movie, which is kind of a, a here's a, a random story. Like they actually took an idea of a comic and adapted it, which was really cool. And I'm a big fan of Wolverine. So like for me, like that's like one of Hugh Jackman's more defining, like, 
roles, or at least in like as far as that X Men movie, I mm-hmm. think that's one of his better films. And it was just for me, I think it was just a really solid overall story that I like. And oh yeah, for me that was like my go to is like because yeah, I, I remember liking that one in Days of Future Past a lot. And so when we started our rewatch, I was like, I know I like this one, and I know I like this one. And so it's kind of nice to like go back because I haven't seen them in years to go back and be able to like rewatch them all and then kind of decide like, oh, okay, this is where I'd probably put this one and then kind of go from there. Yeah. Like I recently watched the original three again and like, it's so weird to see how far we've come with movies to like, where like that original movie is just like, I, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's like, it's almost like B movie level. But as a kid, I remember loving it so much and you could, you couldn't tell me otherwise that movie wasn't like the greatest thing ever. So like watching it now and I'm like, Oh man, like all the stuff is outdated. Like Wolverine doesn't look quite the way. Like I like the way that he looks, uh, in later films. So like him, like the way he looked in that film, I'm like, ah, oh, it's not the greatest. And like, I really started like picking it apart, but X2 definitely, um, I think is where they really like figured out what they were doing. Uh, now they ruined that with the third film, but right. But like that, that was the other thing I noticed was like, as I was doing my rewatches, I liked X three more at, when I rewatched it, just cause I hadn't seen it in so long. Mm-hmm. And I think it also does like looking at like what the future would hold for the, some of the X-Men films. I kind of like appreciated it more. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I saw what they were trying to do. And I was like, I kind of like, there's like elements of it that I like. It's just, they, I, honestly, I think if they would have just did like an adaptation of the Cure storyline, it probably would have like been more favorable. But I think because they tried to also do Dark Phoenix, which they didn't really have a whole lot of Dark Phoenix in that, it was kind of like that's what bogged it down. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, like, I've, uh, I noticed when I was doing my rewatches, a lot of like the background mutants, they just look like people even though in the comics there's like so many different forms of mutants, like there's like see-through mutants where you can see just their bones. Like there's so many different variations and the movies didn't really capture that. It was just kind of a, here's a bunch of people and maybe some of them have a weird physical deformity as their mutation, but that's like it. And it's just like, they all look like people. Uh, it was just something I noticed when I was doing my rewatch and everything that I was like, ah, they kind of didn't do a whole lot with like the different like forms of mutation. Nope. That's uh, that's mutants on a budget. <laughs> Maybe they have some form, some deformity underneath their clothes that you can't see. Right. Right. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So you had that, then you had days of future past, which, yeah, which I would honestly, I would say that's another really good adaptation of it. Um, like obviously they had to change some things cause you know, they wanted Hugh Jackman to come back, so they wanted to have him as like kind of a more pivotal role. Mm-hmm. And, but I think it's just a really good, like they took the old cast and then the current cast and just had a really good, like another solid story. And like, like they built upon it and they had that really cool interaction between, uh, Charles, or the Patrick Stewart and, uh, James McAvoy is the young and old uh, Professor X's, mm-hmm. which is a really cool scene. Um, and like, obviously, they showed the seeds of Magneto being Magneto and being kind of kind of evil, while still also trying to like help his mutant brother and everything like that. And I, I think it was just another really solid like they took one of the ideas of the comics 
and adapted it really well and made a really good quality movie out of it. And then like sowed the seeds for like certain future events and whatnot. Yeah. They, uh, they did such a good job with it. And then here's my funny story with that movie though, is I went and saw it in theaters and right as, uh, he's coming down the steps at the end and like he sees Jean gray, but he's not a hundred percent sure the power went out in the theater and I didn't know what happened at the end of the film because it didn't come back on. So they gave us refunds <laughs> and, uh, I had to go home and download an illegal copy to see what the end was. <laughs> So you didn't actually get to see like the ending. It just left ambiguous as to whether or not it was Jean Grey. Like she, like her, her back was turned and like she had the red hair was there. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, is it really? And then like, as like he like looked again and went to go back to it. And that's when the screen just like got fuzzy and turned off and like all the power went out. And I was like, are you kidding me? I thought that was the end of the film at first. And I'm like, okay, I hate that ending, but it was okay. Like we'll find out maybe in another thing. And then when I realized the power was out and it wasn't coming back on, I was so angry for like an hour. I was like a little child that didn't get his way. I was so mad, but then I was like, Oh, I could just download illegally and watch it. I guess. So I did that. So still didn't have that effect. Like like, I I feel like I would have had that effect uh, seeing it in theater. Like I, I, it would have just been better to finish it then and not have to wait to do that though. No, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh you have logan which yeah that's that's got to be in there um yeah i mean it's like even as far as like it, it's not quite old man logan like the comic storyline but like they took that idea and applied it to what they had because obviously with them being owned by Fox and right so much being owned by fox they couldn't do like the hulk and they couldn't bring in hawkeye and whatnot but i think they took those ideas and then also like like planted in the seeds for X twenty three to maybe eventually have her own story or her own film series or you know to bring her into the regular X Men. But obviously now with the X Men rights going back to Disney, that's all kind of scrapped, and we'll kind of that's now we're in a waiting game of when we'll actually see them the future of the mutants and whatnot. Right. Yeah, I. Uh... I haven't cried at many movies, but, but Logan got me at the end. They got me at the end. And, uh, that's, so that's like one film that like, I've only watched maybe a handful of times, even though it's like one of my all time favorites. I just, it gets me every time. So I'm just like, I can't watch it. Like as like a, one of those enjoyment films, like I could do with like X two or days of future past. Like it's like a sad story. Like it, it's just depressing and sad. So like, I, I like it, but at the same time, it's like, it's not something I can watch to get a lot of enjoyment out of because of right no for sure the emotions um it's definitely more of like an art house kind of emotional film but i really liked it as far as like the story they told with it giving kind of hugh jackman his nice little send-off if, if he is officially done with the role but obviously marvel could like do a multiverse thing and bring him back or whatever but that remains to be seen right man there's there's so many things like i wish it would have worked out. Like I heard, like there was always a rumor that they were going to have Hugh Jackman cameo in the first Avengers film. And they were trying to get the Brown jacket that uh, Logan wore for him to just be like somewhere in the background, like, and, and during the fight scene. And uh, I'm just like, see if they would have done that. I don't know if I would have been more upset that we didn't get to see him like team with them. So I'm kind of glad they didn't do it. But at the same time, I'm like, that would have been really cool to like have that little cameo. 
Yeah, I think I saw something on like on Reddit. They were talking about like how they could maybe introduce some of the X Men or whatever. And a lot of people were like, "Well, maybe they do something like where it's like a reverse House of M scenario where somehow somebody speaks like." It, like I remember during WandaVision, they, a lot of people thought that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like it was the reverse House of M, and Wanda was going to speak mutants into existence, and then like they could be like, "Oh, but some of them existed." And you could do like a little flashback of like Wolverine. Maybe he got liberated from that camp uh, that Steve Rogers saved Bucky from, and then you kind of just plant that in there, and then it's like, see, some mutants were around the whole time or whatever. But you know, obviously more than likely that's not what they're planning on but there's so many different routes that could go with it but yeah I, I always thought that would have been cool with like a little like just a little cameo or like even something that said like Jay Howlett on it but obviously with rights and whatnot it's hard to like do those kinds of things because right. you don't get sued by Disney or Marvel or anything yeah now that they kind of have access to everything it's like everybody really wanted to rush things in and like have scarlet witch be the way that like things get rushed in and and this was going to be the big reveal and da 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 da. i'm like they got enough right in that show that i felt kind of spoiled when uh it was revealed that it was agatha like i didn't know who agatha was so like for people to be like, oh no, it's this character Agatha, and da 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 da, and then like five episodes later, like it, it would turn out to be her. I'm like, okay, you just spoiled like I felt like it, I was it spoiled everything for me the fan theory. So I'm like, I'm not watching any fan theories or anything for Falcon and Winter Soldier because I don't want the same thing to happen again. No, that's fair. So it's just like I used to really enjoy those because it was really like informative, and I would learn about like stuff from the comics that I didn't read because uh, like my main my love for X-Men came from the, the 92 cartoon. Like that's where all my love for like the X-Men characters, everything came from. I've read some of the comics, but I haven't read a vast majority of them. So like, I don't have a frame of reference for a lot of like pivotal stuff that people talk about until like they bring it up in these like theory videos. And then I'll research on my own and figure stuff out. Now, but, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like the, the 90s TV show is kind of my like starting point. And mm-hmm. then obviously the film, I kind of grew up with those, so right. I kind of watched a lot of those. And then once I uh, did the uh, joined the military, one of my buddies was really big in the comics. He said, you should read some of these. So I started looking into them, and I started, like, picking out. Basically, I would just pick out, like, bigger storylines that, like, people would recommend. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think one of the first X-Men comics I read was, like, Days of Future Past, which is a nice kind of, like, introduction of, like, oh, okay, this is kind of how comics are. And so that's kind of how I started getting more into comics, is it would just be me reading oh, I've heard this storyline's good, so I'll pick up that storyline, read it, and I'm still kind of the same way. I use There's a few characters that I'll be like, I want to read their entire, like, whatever's published, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's me picking and choosing kind of bigger stories that I want to read. Yeah, I I got on that uh, the Deadpool train for a while, and I was, like, picking up all, like, the, the Deadpool versus stuff that was out, and uh, I have I had a ton of Deadpool stuff, and, like, family members would get me Deadpool stuff all the time, and like they still try to do it today and i'm just like guys i'm, I'm just not there for it anymore like I'm, i've moved on like i appreciate it but i just he got he kind of got other characters i like right he got well i mean the once the films blew up i mean and then it just became like that this he became like a household name and then it was just like everywhere and like there wasn't any like fun i guess it was still fun but it wasn't i don't know there was just something about it that i just wasn't into i don't know maybe i'm just like 
And it wasn't like, oh, well, I liked it before it was cool. No, I, I totally didn't like it before it was cool. Like, it started to get cool, and that's when I started liking him. But, like, after it hit a certain point of popularity where there was just Deadpool everything, I'm just like, I don't want any of this stuff. Like, it was like this stuff was cool, but they kind of jumped the shark with them, and I'm kind of over it now. No, that's fair. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, refocus back on just, like, regular X-Men stuff. And, like, now that, like, we might start getting uh, more uh, re- reprints of stuff. Because there's so much, like, so many X-Men stories that I want to read that are just out of print. Or cost an outrageous amount of money to, like, get, like, a, um omnibus of. And I'm just, like, I hopefully they figure something out and they can streamline it better. Like, I tried the Marvel Unlimited uh, to, like, be able to read on my iPad and... It didn't, uh, I'm just, I wasn't really happy with like trying to read a comic on a iPad. It just was weird. So no, that's fair. Yeah. I typically read my stuff on a Kindle, which I like because Kindle, it's just really convenient to just have everything in that one book. Mm-hmm. But that's typically how I usually almost always read comics. Like there's certain ones, like I have like trade backs and stuff, or like I have like solid issues of, but for the most part, I do most of my comic reading on like, uh, comicology, which is just, for me, it's just a convenient thing. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy, like, every now and again, I'll be like, oh, let's hear about a book. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go pick that up because that way I have, like, a physical copy of it. And right. it does, like, get super rare. And then I can be like, cool, now I have something that I can sell in the future if I wanted to. Or I can keep it and, you know, have a collection. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I, I like having a, a physical collection of stuff because, like, I used to be very much a physical version of all my video games because once i beat it i would sell it and get rid of it because i wouldn't need it anymore and now like everything's going digital and it's just like well now i can't like it's going to kill like that resale like i used to get some money back on everything i had once i'd be done with it so yeah i've noticed with my gaming i've I've more transitioned more towards digital just because i think it's a convenient thing is that way it's like i always have it i don't have to worry about like if the disc like gets trashed and stuff like that but there are certain things that I'm like, oh, I do miss having that physical copy of it and that, like opening it up and putting the disc in there and stuff. So like even like when I eventually do get a PS5 when there's actual stock of them places, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably wind up going with the disc version just in case I do wind up getting a physical copy of something. But I, I, for me, most of the time I'm, I'm playing digital just because convenient. Yeah, I like a lot of my I used to have a massive DVD like collection um and I got rid of a vast majority of them and I'm down to just like the main stuff that I really like and that like I want to keep for whatever reason and uh I'm like trying to like get all my stuff digital now just cuz it's convenient like I don't want to have to go pull the disc out, put it in when I can just like go through, you know, my normal like when I stream anything else, just go to, you know, Vudu, throw it on, watch it. Yeah, no, I used to, I, I was the same way. I had a, I had a really big movie collection, but when I had to like move for like a third time, I was just like, you know what? I don't really need all these because most of them I already had digital anyways. Um, just because when I went overseas for a little bit, I had, I took most of my physical copies and I was able to like find digital versions of them and everything. So that way I was like, that way I still have all my movies and I don't have to worry about it. So yeah. I, once I did that, I was kind of like, well, I have them all, so there's kind of no point. And now there's so many streaming services, you can almost find anything on streaming anyway, so. Right, yeah, that's, now I'm just, I very much, like, I just had my few, and, like, I, there's maybe some random stuff I might pick up in the future, but for the most part, like, I have no no reason to pick up physical stuff anymore. Um, 
so my other one of my other questions going back to the x-men and stuff like that uh since you said you were a big wolverine fan so of the three uh wolverine solo films why is origins last for you because according to your ranking Uh, you have logan the wolverine and then origins wolverine is it all because of the deadpool cameo because like that seems to be everybody's sticking point so for me like like when i was younger when i first saw it i thought it was so good like i really loved it Mm -hmm. and then when i got older and i watched it again i was like this doesn't feel right like it just feels off and it's kind of like cheesy and i don't know it's just like like because i remember when i was even when i was doing my rewatch like the claws in the first three x-men movies look just great like it looks they look practical and they look you know really good and then in the new ones they like made them cgi and you could tell they were cgi and it just looked real wonky mm-hmm. and i think it was like they wanted to do the origin thing to show how he was like how he became who he was but then like they sort of adapted the origins comic but then they were also like we're just going to do the weapon x thing again mm-hmm. but they had already done that kind of in x2 so it's kind of just like they did all that and then the deadpool thing was also very like jarring like why'd you cast ryan reynolds in that role if you were just gonna like make him a cgi weird mutant teleporting thing and there was just like they tried to fit so many x-men in it and i was just like i'm not really feeling it but like especially like when i did my rewatch i was kind of just like yeah this like it feels very dated and it just i don't know it just didn't when i was a kid i loved it but as i got older i think i just kind of was like nah this isn't like as good of a film as what i remember it being. i totally get where you're coming from on that so i i would defend this movie all the time like my thing was they specifically called him the deadpool not like just regular deadpool so to me like he was a pool of all these dead mutants with all their different powers like so the, so he had the teleporting ability he had like the the um optic blasts all that stuff and people like that was like it seems like that's everyone's number one sticking point i'm just like okay but if you think that he if you just think that he's a different character because this is a different timeline it doesn't make that much of a difference because i felt like everything else in the film was was like this whole story with Sabretooth, I thought was the most interesting thing because to me, like I never knew like him and Sabretooth were like somehow related. Like I never knew that until like that movie. And I'm like, how did I never know this? And so I thought that was a super interesting thing. I liked a lot of the stuff that they did with it. Gambit being in it was definitely something that was just shoehorned because people wanted Gambit in a film because he wasn't in the original, uh, three. So I totally see why that happened. Um, I still wish, I don't know. I kind of wish they would have done the Channing Tatum one to see how that would have worked out. Um, I think it could have been interesting. I think it would have been better than people were giving it like ready to like just shit on it, but I think it could have been okay. No, that's fair. I will say the opening scene or like the, uh, the opening credit scene uh, for X-Men Origins Wolverine uh-huh. is one of the best opening credit scenes of all time. Like he's doing the running and it's going through all the different wars. Like it's just such a really cool um like opening scene it just kind of really sets the tone mm-hmm. for the movie and then the tone kind of just like veers to the left yeah like I, I still like it but it's like compared to the other two wolverine movies i think it's it's kind of more of the bottom of the barrel yeah i uh 
that opening is just so good. And like, I think when I first think about when, anytime I think about that movie, that's specifically what I think about the most. Cause I think that that's such an interesting thing. Uh, not if they would have like expanded on that and then just made it about like him going through all those years, like at least made that half the film. I think that could have been really interesting too, instead of just like jumping into more current stuff. No, I agree. I think that would have, I think that would have been a cooler film of like him going through like his, him and Sabretooth's like life together through those different wars. And then even if they, if they really want to, they could have even went from that and gone into like the weapon X stuff and everything and like still kind of told that like pseudo love story that they wanted to do or whatever, or at least like take elements of that and apply it if they wanted to. And like just kind of avoided the whole Deadpool thing and like maybe leave it kind of ambiguous. Like at the end, like when he becomes, he gets the adamantium, like maybe he fights, they do the, the weapon X thing where he fights his way out, um, which they kind of adapted in. Um, I think it was X-Men. Apocalypse. Yeah, it was Apocalypse. Okay, yeah, that's when they did it. Which, uh, th- that was like, the like while being a very cool scene, it was kind of just very like, this feels like tacked on. I liked it, <laughs> but it was just very like, why did they have to go here? They didn't really have to do that. I know it was like to set up like the X-23 thing in Logan, but it was just very like, he didn't need to do that. I mean, I'm glad Hugh Jackman's in it and he got to do that scene, but it was just kind of like, all right, I guess that's cool. But like they could have like that could have been the ending of the the Wolverine movie if that's what you know, if that's what they wanted to go towards, make that the ending. Right. And have him run out and then there you go. That sets up go that now is like keeps the continuity and sets it up to go into uh X Men uh or like into the first X Men movies. He's just out in the wild and then he can go from there. Right. So uh do you are you a fan of the adamantium bullet that they did or did you think that was just trash it it was a choice i guess would be my uh would be my answer is like i don't know i think it would have been like maybe you could have even done it where it's like the adamantium kind of like poisoned his mind where it made him forget because like i know in the in like the comics the reason he can't remember like the bad stuff that happened to him is because his healing factor like also heals his bad memories, so he can never really remember like the bad stuff that happened to him. Mm-hmm. Like I think you could you could explain it like that, but maybe people would have thought that was cheap. So it, it, I, I get they wanted a, a, a like a visual version of it, so that way the people could be like, "Oh, I get it. He lost his memories." So I don't know. It's it's also hard to add. Like I'll never fault anybody's like way of adaptation. Like certain things are harder to adapt than others, but I just thought it was, there's, there's ways you could do it, but it was, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> I, uh, I remember sitting in the theater watching it. I'm just going like, Oh, well he knows all this stuff. Like I thought that he didn't remember all this stuff from the trauma of getting the adamantium. And that's why he couldn't remember anything from before. And then they got to that part and I'm just like, He's just like, yeah, he's like, well, he'll heal. But he's like, yeah, his memories won't. I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of smart. And you know, like the writer that was writing that movie was just like, this is fucking genius. This is so great. And I was like, I'll give him credit. It as just like a popcorn movie, like the people that don't know anything about mutants, it totally works. It totally works like to, to close everything up and like 
leave it at that. And if they watched anything else, that's why he doesn't remember anything that happened in this film. And, uh, so I will give them credit because like they totally wrote themselves into that corner, uh, after like that, the, the final fight and everything, like they totally would just walk themselves right into that corner. There was nothing they could do because he doesn't remember him in X2. And at this point we have already seen X2 and he didn't remember him. So right. you have to figure out what, like it, I'm very forgiving when it comes to like Wolverine stuff because like, he is my favorite as well. So like, I'm very forgiving for a lot of that stuff. I, I would joke with my friend cause he hated that movie so much. And I had like, at one point I had three copies of it, two on DVD, one on Blu-ray. And he just like would get so angry about it. He's like, I don't understand why you have so many copies. I'm just like, well, I was given one and then, you know, I had another and then like it was a special edition. And then, uh, I bought the Blu-ray when Blu-ray became a thing. So, but I was very forgiving of that film. Like, yeah, the, the more points that you brought up about it, you're absolutely right. It was very not on par with everything else. It was very much a Hollywood cheese movie, like summer flick type deal that probably did. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it did like pretty, it, it did better than X3, which is, I think, why they were like, okay, cool, we can keep making them and we still make money. But they had to, like, because I remember originally they wanted to do, like, that's what that, that was going to be their next thing, is they were going to do, like, a bunch of origin movies. So they were going to do Wolverine, and then I think they were going to do Magneto. Yeah. I think they had plans to, like, do a Professor X origins movie. And then Wolverine, it did okay, but it didn't do great. So they were like, ooh, we got to scrap that. But then when they did first class, they basically did a like a Magneto origin style movie. So they kind of like got what they wanted anyway. Exactly. Yeah. They just kind of mashed it all into one film instead of doing uh, the, the solos, which I think worked really well. Like it was a decent bounce back. And like, I remember not caring about it because I was like, well, Wolverine's not in it. And then somebody told me, well, actually he is. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll watch it then. So I watched it and I mean, yeah, he was in it for all of five seconds and, uh, but that was enough for me. And like the, the story itself was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I, it made me like Magneto. Right. And like actually yeah, care Michael, about Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender's performance as Magneto and really all of like the ones that he's Magneto. I think he does a really good job of like capturing that kind of balance of like, he's a bad guy, but like, you see where he's coming from. And I think that's one of the more important things about Magneto is that's like, he's a bad guy, but you get where he's coming from because you're like, yeah, we. if I was a mutant, I'd probably side with him because he's trying to help make sure we're like not killed in the streets or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I always like that kind of duality of like certain villains. And I think he's, he's one of the bigger, more prominent ones where it's like, he has to, yeah, the person who portrays him has to like sit that bounce the the one thing i always um found really interesting was that stanley said that he based those characters uh magneto around malcolm x and professor x around martin luther king jr and uh kind of tied a lot of what the x-men into the civil rights struggle and uh, i thought that was really interesting and and really like stanley for all the stuff that he did, all the characters he created and like the, the foresight to be able to create a comic and really break it down like that and make people who may have other intentions fall in love with these characters. And it's like, well, if you look at it and explain it to them that way, they're like, Oh, well now it makes sense. I think that's, there's, there's, that's some of the genius of Stan Lee. No, for sure. Like 
essentially comic books but an art form and so it's like it's kind of like art reflecting real life so he took like what was going on in the current climate and applied it to something superhero based so people would read it and then you say that and then makes people think of like oh wait wow that is kind of like that is really topical or like reflects like what i'm seeing in the world right now versus like what i'm reading so Mm -hmm. i think that is one of those like kind of cooler things it's even like when he created spider-man he was like there are no all the all the teenagers are sidekicks they don't have their own hero to like relate to so that's why he created spider-man so he can you know give kids like teenagers reading comic books give them somebody they can relate to which is why spider-man is one of the highest selling uh, superheroes of all time to people relate yeah, actually, speaking of that, I was going to bring this up as well, because you had mentioned um, a ranking for your favorite uh, Robins uh, from Batman sidekick. And uh, do you remember what those were? Uh, I know I had Red Hood at the top because uh, uh, Jason Todd slash uh, or not. Yeah, Red Hood is my favorite uh, is my favorite Robin. Um, just, I it's, again, it's one of those things like it's that duality where it's like Jason Todd was such a dick, so people wanted to see him die. And then instead of like just keeping him like written out, they took that and were like, we're going to tweak it and make him like, you know, this kind of vigilante, like, like kind of like an anti Batman because mm-hmm. he doesn't care. Like, he'll use guns and he'll kill. And I think that's just a really cool, like, somebody who was raised by Batman just became the opposite of what he was. And like, obviously he's still a hero and like they kind of use that. Um, but I think, I just think he's such a cool character. Uh, after that, I think it was, it, I, I want to say it was Dick Grayson. Yeah. Cause that's um, what I actually asked was if it was Grayson was second. Cause I was like, Oh really? That's, that's an interesting choice for first. I could see why you would make that choice. Cause like them two are probably my top two. Uh, a lot of the same reasons for red hood. And I really liked, and I really, I'm really excited for the next Batman game because in the last Batman game, there was like that little like side chapter where you could play as red hood and mm-hmm. uh, do like the, um, the, some of the challenge stuff. And I had such a blast with his character uh, with like his grappling hook and his guns and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I, they need to make just a red hood game. And now that we're getting this one where it's going to be all the different bat family members, uh, which are going to be interchangeable and stuff like that. I am so excited to see how that plays out in the open world. Cause like red hood, it would be so fun to play as like, as in the, the DC verse, like oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I'm really excited to play that. Cause I've, I've played all the Arkham games and stuff. So the fact that now I'll get to play, it's kind of like, I'll get to play as my favorite Robin, but then I'll get to play as Dick Grayson. You can switch in Batgirl. And I want to say, I think it's Tim Drake Robin is in there too, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Because I, I don't know enough about Damian Wayne that, uh, Robin to like know where I'd rank him. So, mm-hmm. and Tim Drake, I kind of just know like a little bit about. Like, so those are probably like, they're both three just because they're probably interchangeable for me. Um, but, like, I'm really excited to check out that game and see, like, how they kind of balance this, like, how often you can switch and how often, like, if they team up at all. I think it'll be a really cool, um, it'll be a definitely a cool thing to, like, see how the different Robins operate as they're, since they're all, like, they're all so different. Right. Yeah. 
I, that's probably going to be what pushes me to next gen. If that's only available on next gen, um, that's going to be the push to, to get me to buy a next gen system so that I can play that. Uh, cause right now I'm not sold on it. I barely play games as it is. So I'm just kind of waiting to see what's going to make me go. I need to play this game. I need to buy the new system. So no, that's fair. Yeah. Like for me, I usually, I never, I've almost never bought a, like a system, like the time it drops just cause I'm like, well, let's, well, I'll let it get its bugs out and then I'll let it like stop in price, let it build up like its actual games library and stuff. Mm-hmm. So usually it'll be like around the time of like, it'll usually be around like a Black Friday, like a year or two after it comes out. Mm-hmm. There's usually there'll be like a combo pack and it's like, it comes with the system and it comes with these games and stuff. So, and like, there's so many games that are now getting delayed to like 2022. So I'm just like, oh, I can wait because. I've already got such a plethora of games already lined up on my place. And I still like, I, I still play my PlayStation 4. In fact, I just did a replay of all the Grand Theft Autos just because I was like, eh, this will be fun. And like, it's not, so instead of playing games I haven't played, I'm just like, I'll play this game. I've already played one. <laughs> I heard a rumor that they're supposed to be doing like a remaster of three. And if that's true, that'd be really cool. Cause like I played three a bunch, but I never played the full story. So now that like I'm older, I could probably like, cause I think I was at the time I was just so young that I just couldn't get like, do what they wanted me to do. Like, I think it was like some timed like mission or something. I just couldn't like drive fast enough. And uh, now I'm like older. So I feel like I could do really good with like, if they did that. So I'm hoping right. that they, yeah, I think the rumor was that they like, they might do a remaster of all three of them. So like do like, three vice city and san andreas oh, no. which if they do like that's super cool like i would love to play that with like current gen graphics <laughs> right but like you know i don't know how much money that would like cause them to do that but we did get a final fantasy 7 remake so you know at this point you can't rule it out because people will buy it if they make it so right uh, so you said you didn't know much about Damian Wayne. Have you watched any of the um, Batman animated movies that they uh, put out, like the directed DVD ones? I've watched a couple of them. I know I've watched. I watched Under the Red Hood. I think that was probably one of the first ones I watched. That's also the best um, one. So it's, after right, that, it's yeah. hard to watch anything else. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah, I've watched the. I've watched a couple of the DC animated movies, and like a lot of them are good. It's just there's so many. And, like, I know, like, some of them, they'll, like, they'll come out and then they'll also, like, do, like, a reset. And they'll be like, this is starting the new continuity of our animated movies. So they're all connected. And I'm just like, that's a lot of pressure to, like, watch these in a certain order. So I'm just like, I'm good. I'll I'll catch them if, like, I, I hear good things about it and stuff. But, yeah, for the most part, I've only watched, like, a couple of them. Like, I know I watched, uh, I watched the Dark Knight Returns one. I watched, uh, I watched the, which one is it? The, uh, the, uh, one with the Joker and he, uh, and he, it's where he shoots Barbara Gordon. I can't, oh, the killing joke. That's what it is. Yeah. I watched that one and then I've watched Under the Red Hood. I've watched a couple of the Superman animated ones, but yeah, for the most part, like, I, I'm not as up to date on the animated movies as what I am on, like, the current, like, movies and stuff. The one thing I will say is, like, the, with the animated ones they did um some really cool justice league ones like one's called justice league doom and it's where uh the um 
so a bunch of the villains were able to defeat all of the justice league using batman's like secret plans that he had on how to defeat all of the justice league if it ever came to it somebody got a hold of those files and then used it to defeat the justice league which was super cool i recommend that one um and then just the batman solo stuff is the best stuff because they actually go and do a lot of the court the the current stuff like the the court of owls um they touched on like um batman and damian wayne like that's how i know and like have seen more of him is because of those like i think he's in like two or three of them and uh that's a really interesting relationship that they have like with that that's how i kind of base like his version of robin and i really like his version because it's uh i mean he was trained by the league of uh the league of shadows and uh it's it's really cool like i i feel like uh he's definitely better than some of the other ones that they've had as robin like i would probably put him at like a solid third uh number three in that ranking okay yeah i'll definitely have to check those out because I have like I have a bunch of like uh, I, I have the Court of Owls and stuff downloaded on my Kindle. I just haven't gotten a chance to like read them. There's so many comics I have on that thing. I'm just like <laughs> oh, I'll read this today. Like yeah, they keep putting out like uh, the Killing Joke one. I thought was I, it got a lot of of uh, people bashed it really bad because of some of the stuff they added to it to like extend the story um, between Batman and uh, Barbara Gordon and. Uh, watching that back i'm like ah the comic was way better than than what i like thought that thought of that and then like year one that they did was really good but like it was super short it was only an hour and i was like this didn't need to be a uh, animated film like i felt like ripped off when i paid 15 dollars for an hour uh film like right it ended i'm like that that was it really that was all Ugh and uh but they've had some other ones that were really good like uh, when i watched under the red hood it was by far like nothing has touched that one that like since mm-hmm. it's so good and then i'd never seen frank miller's like batman or any of that stuff so like when i went in and watched the 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 return of the dark knight and those like i was it's not my favorite version because it's so vastly different from my ideas of what batman is because i grew up with like michael keaton's batman and like my idea of batman is so different from those but it like it's grown on me in time like i really enjoy it now like going back and watching them now i really like them but i when i first watched it i'm like what is this this is not what i <laughs> i signed up for and uh, it took me a while to for, for those to grow on me but i like them now yeah i think the art style of that one's a little like jarring at first mm-hmm. i think it's i think that they're trying to like capture the like, that Frank Miller kind of like artwork that they had in that original comic. So it's like, okay, I get it. It's just a little wonky at first. And I'm like, this is weird. But like, eventually I got used to it and I was just like, okay, this is a good adaptation. Like, you know, they did, they, you know, they split it into two movies and whatnot. So I thought it was like a cool little like way to do with what they did with it. I liked it a lot yeah it, it like i said it's grown on me um after i watched the second half of it and like kind of got what they were going for and i'm like okay I, and like i think i watched it i want to say sometime last year during everything and i was like wow i really like this compared to my first watch when it first came out and uh i know that they just did a like i want to say it's like a reboot of uh a death in the family but it's like i think it's supposed to be like where you get to make the selections yourself 
Um, uh, so kind of like an interactive one. Yeah, I believe that's what they were going for. At least that's how it was explained to me. And like all, a lot of these are all up on the um, HBO Max now. So like, mm-hmm. which makes it super easy to go and watch those. Like I started watching the Justice League Dark stuff because I want to know more about Constantine because he's kind of got my interest. Other than you know the the one film with Keanu Reeves that I watched probably a billion times. <laughs> No, that's fair. I got one. Actually, like, I remember watching that movie back in the day, and I was like, this is pretty good. And I didn't know he was, like, a comic character until mm-hmm. after the fact. One of my buddies was like, I was like, yeah, I watched this costume movie. He's like, oh, I wasn't a big fan. I liked the comic more. I was like, it's a comic? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he, like, recommended me these different things. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I started, like, checking him out. I think he's another really cool character that hopefully we'll eventually see in a DC film. I know he's, like, had like a shot at TV and they were kind of just like, ah, we're canceling this. And then like arrow kind of brought him in to their little like TV universe. And I was just like, all right, that's cool. And then I think he was on legends of tomorrow, but I can't remember. Yeah. He, the, the run he had was like on NBC during like prime time. I'm like, this is not the character for that. Like, I don't know how this got approved for this role. Like I, and the bad part was like, I really enjoyed it, but I just was like waiting for that inevitable news of, yeah, this is getting canceled. Cause I knew it was coming. So I just like, I didn't get invested in it because of that. Cause I really liked the character and like the guy that did the, uh, that played him in the show voices, the character on the, um, on the, the couple cartoons that he's in. And so I like that they like brought him over for that. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping eventually like whatever they decide to do with their universe, since they can't figure out what's going on, I would love to see him get a follow-up film, maybe even do like some kind of weird crossover where like Keanu Reeves is there and this guy comes over too. like something could happen where, you know, they could do some weird crossover. I think that'd be fun. No, and that and that's kind of the nice thing, like with DC stuff, is that like they have a multiverse, so they can kind of just do whatever they want. Like that's why it's baffling to me that they're like, we're not going to do any more Zack Snyder verse, and it's like, but you could, and just make it a multiverse, like just make that his own, like that Earth, like whatever, and then you can continue doing whatever movies you want, and then eventually, if you do like build up enough steam you can do a crisis on infinite earth and bring them back and like you know and especially they have a streaming service it's like why wouldn't you want to just let him make content for you because he clearly wants to keep making stuff for you like which is baffling because they screwed him over in the first place (laughs) so like they could literally just be like here make this six part like mini series of your you know weird dark side future and stuff like because people seem to want to see it so it's like why not let them see it and then you can also do your own thing like you've already made uh, a joker movie that wasn't in that same continuity and you're making a batman movie with robert pattinson that's not going to be in that continuity so you can kind of do whatever you want right did you uh did you watch the snyder cut I, I did watch uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Uh, I actually watched it the day it came out. I uh, I'm friends with Bobby Beverly, and he like I texted him Saturday. I want to say after it came out, I was like, "Did you watch it yet?" Because I'm I'm about to watch it. He's like, "I've watched it twice already." I'm like, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't watch it the day it came out." 
Uh, right. I'm only, I'm still only like two hours into it. I haven't finished it out yet. I really need to, cause I, I'm enjoying it. There's just so much slow-mo. Like, I feel like if we cut back on the slow-mo, we might've had like a three hour film. It might've been okay, but yeah, for sure. There is a lot of gratuitous slow motion in that, but there's certain ones like when the, when it, when the flash did it in his, like, uh, or one of his earlier scenes, like it makes sense cause he's manipulating time. So right. like. I get why it's in the slow motion because he's moving so fast. Right. So, yeah, but like, I really liked it. So I was, I was a fan. I've heard everybody say like, well, what made me even decide to watch it? Cause I wasn't going to at first was that everybody started raving like about, uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne slash Batman and how he is the best one ever. And I'm like, this came from like people hating him in the other two films that he did now you're telling me he's the best ever. And like people that I really like respect their opinion on films are saying this. And I'm like, there's something here. If people are turning to, to say that now from saying that he was, wasn't that great before. And, uh, mm-hmm. so that's what really made me decide to go ahead and try to watch it. And I, I'm like, I enjoyed what I've seen so far. And like, people are telling me not to watch the original justice league now to only watch this one and not, not even to bother to try to compare them. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so, cause I didn't watch the original justice League. I didn't watch the, uh, either wonder woman film. I did watch man of steel in theaters and I did watch Batman versus Superman. And the only thing I liked out of Batman versus Superman was, the uh warehouse fight scene with batman that was my the the one thing i took away from that was how much that reminded me of the arkham games and i loved that Mm -hmm. version of him other than that i didn't care for the film really that much um no that's fair i know when like i was overseas when and Affleck got cast and i remember so many people like this is gonna be terrible and i was like nah this is gonna be great like because i i think i'd just seen the town Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, no, nah, Ben Affleck's going to be great at this. Like, cause I, and I figured, or like I had thought initially, I was like, they're casting him in this so that he'll eventually direct a Batman film, which originally was the plan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and they'll probably want him to direct the Justice League movie. And it's going to be great. And then obviously like they were going to have him direct a Batman film. And then, you know, his personal life kind of like took a dive and he's like, I can't commit to this right now. Like, I got to figure my life out, which he seems to be in a better place now because he is obviously coming back for the Flash movie and stuff. So, you know, we'll at least get to see it one last time if that is going to be his last one, unless Zack Snyder gets to make more of his stuff. I mean, people pressed long and hard for for him to get to make the Snyder cut. So, and it, and it did happen and it's doing, you know, it's, created this buzz and people are saying they want more and all this stuff. So they'd be stupid not to go, well, what can we do with this? Like maybe we won't go this direction, but we'll, we'll take it and do something else and let him do, you know, give these people something else that they want, because there's obviously a market for it. If if, like, that's all I hear about when I, when I look into like DC stuff is like people wanting more of that and wanting like, now they want the, the uh, David Ayer cut of suicide squad. And that was another film I did see in theaters and I, I was not impressed. I, I thought the villain that they chose was the like worst possible villain for like a debut group of characters, but I loved everything else about the film. Like I just did not like the villain they chose for the first one. I felt like they should have had like several missions with an over, like an over an arc to kind of get, like get you through some stuff. 
And instead of just throwing them right into one thing and then having them being betrayed and everything back to back to back, I felt like it was just too, like all their other films, there was too much crammed into one, like one character, too much crammed into one film. So like you had four different versions of Harley Quinn and one character of Harley Quinn. And it just, it didn't work on certain levels. No, that's fair. I, I, uh, I actually, because uh, me and my lady are doing a, a rewatch of all the DC movies. We just finished Suicide Squad, and I was kind of like, man, there's a lot of potential in this, but I just wish, like, like so it kind of makes me want to see a David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, because I'm like, is it different? Because, like, I, it's one of those things, like, that is like Zack Snyder's Justice League was different than Justice League, so mm-hmm. maybe it is different, and, like, Again, it's like you have a streaming service and you want to put content on there to keep people subscribed. Right. And if, if there's a market there, like, it, why not just do it and just see what happens? Like, he might not need to shoot more stuff because, like, even that, I, I think they had to, like, redo a bunch of the CGI and stuff for, um, for the Justice League and whatever. So it's like they had to put money into that. Maybe you don't need to put money into a David Ayer cut, but I, again, I don't know what he all had that he doesn't like. That he might, maybe he needs something, but I don't know. It's just you have a streaming service and you need content, so it's silly to not put something out there. Yeah, I, I'm interested if they, if they're gonna put something out, I'll probably attempt to watch it. His thing, like once he put tattoos all over the Joker, and like knowing the the director he is like the stuff he's done with like training day and like the stuff he's produced um some other films that i really enjoy like he had a he had a film with christian bale that i really liked um he's he's not the the guy i would see directing like a a superhero film and it's so i liked the way he approached certain stuff like that with the the way suicide squad is being like the anti-hero squad so that's really cool but I don't know. I mean, I think that they're already like doing another, there's already another suicide squad coming out. Right. So it's got like Cena in it and everything like that. So I don't know if doing another cut of that first film is even going to like help anything. Cause I think they're already rebooting it with this next one. So yeah, like my big thing was when I rewatched it is it very much feels like it's trying to capture like what guardians of the galaxy did. So like we're going to put all these kooky songs in with these characters. But, like, they took the wrong thing away from that first Guardians movie, where it was just, like, you want to connect with the characters. They don't care about the music. The music just helps with, like, helps you feel what the characters you're feeling. Whereas with Suicide Squad, it's just, like, here's this Eminem song we're going to put for some reason. And it's, like, okay, cool, I like that song, but, like, it doesn't, like, make me feel anything for the characters or whatever. So... I remember when, like, the first picture came out of the Joker and he had the tattoos. People were like, what is this? And I was like, hey, I'll give it a shot. Like, who who knows? Like, it's all kinds of... The Joker's a crazy person. Like, I, you know, he could get tattoos if you wanted to. And then I remember they casted Tommen as Tattoo Man. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool because Tattoo Man can control people if he puts tattoos on him. So maybe he's controlling the Joker. And he's going to be the big bad. And then none of that happened. So I was kind of like... Oh, all right. Uh, never mind. He just has tattoos for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I just the very much like when people said like it was like you took the DC characters and dipped them in hot topic. That's what it felt like a hundred percent. I don't know. Like I really wanted his Joker to be like better than Heath Ledger's, just because like I, I was at that point in time, I was so tired of people like 
just obsessively when you would talk about Batman obsessively going right to that character in that film and being like, this is the best thing ever. Like nothing will ever touch this. I'm like, I hope, I hope that, you know, his version of the Joker blows everybody out of the water and like they stop like pushing that on everybody and like, Oh, well this one's so much better. And then like we got that and I'm just like, well, you know what? I, I'm going to say that the, uh, the dark Knight version of that Joker was probably the best one. And, uh, I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, well, for me, like, Joker's not my favorite Batman villain, so I'm kind of just like, like, I know he's a good character and stuff, but he's not my favorite. I really like Two-Face. Okay. I like the adaptation that they did of Two-Face in The Dark Knight, but then they promptly killed him off, and I was like, oh, you did him dirty. I don't like that. Like, and obviously there's the Tommy Lee Jones version, which is just very <laughs> hokey and very of that movie, which is fine. I, I still enjoy, like, that's, of like all the early Batman movies, that's probably my favorite just because I like the Riddler and I like uh, Two-Face and mm. I just think it's very like hokey and I, I just think it works. But, uh, you know, obviously different strokes for different folks. But I'm going to have a different opinion uh, of like those earlier Batman films. As a kid, I loved Batman Forever with, with uh, Riddler and Two-Face. It was my favorite. Now that I've gotten older, and like I, for the longest, I wouldn't even go back and watch uh, the first two with Michael Keaton because I loved the Dark Knight trilogy so much. Uh, since then, I have gone back and watched those, and those still are like nostalgia for me because like as a kid, my like favorite movies were like Batman, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. And then, like, obviously the sequels for, for those. So, like, it hits that nostalgia point for me now where I'm like, okay, these are, like, really fun to go back and watch. They're, are they going to be, like, they're not current day, like, how, like, Dark Knight um, hit all these right notes and everything like that with uh, the characters and, like, the action and, like, the how we could film stuff. And it, it's not going to be like that, but it's still going to be, like, great for its time. And when you think about where it came from, and like how they did everything it's still really great like we still like joke at my work like when joker pulled out that really long gun to shoot the uh the bat plane out of the sky like it would just just stuff like that like i'll never forget because it's just so corny but at the same time it's so like great like batman shot at him so many times and missed and then he just shot once with this giant gun and hit him it was the greatest thing ever no i think that's fair and like it, again it's they're all adaptations like it's it's very much it was like after the Adam West Batman, they kind of wanted to take it in a more serious direction, but it's still a comic book character. So you still have, kind of have to do those kind of jokey, kind of hokey elements that they did, like with the Joker and stuff. So I think it's just one of those things, like a lot of times people always try to make Batman very serious. And it's like, now nah, he's a comic book character. Like, like you can do some weird shit with him. Like, which is why, like, I don't like that. They're always like, we're going to do this super serious like thing. It's just like, no, just make him fight the penguin, like, who's just a dude who's short and, like, angry. Like, that's cool to me. I don't know. I like stuff like that where it's, like, not taking yourself too seriously because I think comic books are meant to be kind of silly at this point. Like, mm -hmm. they always try to, like, take it super serious. Yeah, um, I'm excited for the new one with Robert Pattinson. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um the the trailer alone just got me really hyped for it and like i wish i wish it was going to be on the slate where we'd get it literally on the on the service to watch day of but it got pushed to 20 uh 22 so i guess i'm gonna have to go to the theater to see it um so if we get close to wrapping up are, are you uh do you like going to the theater or are you more of like a stay at home and watch it kind of person 
Uh, I like going to the theater, like when when stuff was kind of more normal. Like me and my lady would usually try to go and see some movies in theaters for the most part. Like, um, but yeah, with everything going on, I think the last movie I saw in theater was Bill and Ted Three, and that was like right before everything kind of like kind of like went downhill. Mm-hmm. Where it was like stuff was still kind of open, and we went and saw that. And there was like I think it was just us two and like one other person in the theater when we saw it, and like that was it. But that was the last movie I've seen in theaters. Everything else is usually a way to first come to streaming or like, you know, like with some of the, like the Disney stuff, they'll be like, we're releasing it on premium plus. So you can pay extra money. I'm like always for three months. So it just comes on the service itself. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that they're starting to do where like it's same day as like the theater for the upcharge. Um, I liked going to the theater. Um, when I have somebody to go with, when I don't like, if I don't have anybody to go with, I won't go. Like, I'm just, my anxiety is just like too ridiculous. I, I can't go, you know, like I'm just going to sit in a dark room and watch a film. Can't do it. I don't know something about it. Just kind of holds. No, that's right. I was the same way for a while. Um, and then eventually I was just like, Hey, all my friends moved and I'm kind of by myself. So I'm just going to go do it. And if people judge me like, whatever, I'm just going to see a movie and have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the last, time i i did talk myself into going i i did make myself go see um the uh the first star wars that they uh when when disney got a hold of them uh, i went and saw that uh, the, the force awakens yeah. yes i went and saw that by myself and I, I really enjoyed it and uh so that wasn't too terrible like i went like a sunday morning at like 10 or 11 o'clock and watched it and it was all right but uh yeah, like I, I want to get, like I want to see Black Widow, and I'm like, I might just drop the thirty dollars, so I don't have to go sit in a theater. Like I'll have by the time it comes out, like I have a couple days after it comes out, I'll probably have my COVID, my second COVID shot. But I'm just like, I don't want to go sit in a theater. I don't know, like it'd probably be fine, but I don't. know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm still debating whether or not I want to like pay the extra and just wait. The part of me is like, I want to see it because it's like been made or whatever. But the other part of me is like. And if I wait like three months, it'll probably just come to the service anyways. Cause that's what they typically don't want the other ones that release on premium plus. So it's like, eh, I could probably just wait. Like it's not, uh, it's not one of those Marvel movies where I'm like, I have to see it now. Like I can, it's, you know, with it being a prequel, I'm kind of like, eh, I could wait. Right. Well, it's so interesting. Like all the stuff that they tie together with those movies though. Like, uh, we really didn't need to see, um, the uh captain um marvel film like it like it was in between stuff like it was just and like that's i think why people gave it such a bad rap but the thing is is like there was all kinds of like stuff that like it answered questions for us throughout that film like we know what happened to nick fury's eye we we learned about the scrolls like we learned all this stuff from that film and like about her power how all that like the her whole backstory we got all that from it so what I'm curious as to like what things we're going to learn about uh black widow and like, maybe she was a scroll the whole time. Like there there's, there's obviously a reason why they went back and did this. It wasn't just to like do fan service for people complaining that they wanted a black widow film. So there's something that they're going to like, that's going to tie into current events that, that they're setting up for with this film. I feel like. No, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, I never thought of it like that. Like I was kind of like, Oh, cool! They're gonna like give Scarlett Johansson like a nice little like farewell film and stuff to kick off like the next phase of Marvel movies. And yeah, I never thought of it like 
having some sort of connection to like the, the current and future events. This is, you know, there's a prequel, so I never really thought about it. Yeah, there's, I just once, uh, once that was like put into perspective for me, I'm like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Like, cause originally like my whole thing with captain Marvel was uh, there wasn't any sense of danger. Cause I knew she was, they, they paged her. So I knew she was going to show up in the, uh, in infinity war or, at, at, um, an end game. So I was like, ah, you know, there's, there's no real like worry here, but like thinking back on it, I'm like, okay, I liked a lot of the stuff in that film and, they did teach us a lot of interesting things, like especially about the scrolls. So like the new theory, the working theory now is that Nick Fury has been like changing out with the scrawl, like constantly um, because there's like a thing apparently where like he can't eat bread sliced a certain way. And in, uh, and in one of the other films, and I believe it's age of Ultron, he eats bread that certain way or something like that. And it's supposed to be like a hint that maybe he, has been a scroll several times throughout and he just like keeps switching out with a scroll uh to deal with like uh sword and shield so i'm like this could be very like interesting how they're gonna do this like if that was truly a hint to that or if it was just like people reading into stuff again way too heavy right which which is also true people are like it happened with wandavision so many people are <laughs> like well this means this which is like how can lead to this because i remember when uh when uh, Evan Peters showed up as Quicksilver in the show, everyone was like, this is how they're going to bring mutants in. They're right. going to open a portal <laughs> to the X-Men universe. And some of them are going to come through and that's how they're bringing mutants in. And I'm just like, sure. But like people ha- hung their hats so hard on these fantasies and then they didn't pan out. And they're like, the show was bad. It's like, no, the show wasn't bad. Your predictions just didn't come true. Like, right. It's fine. Like that happens. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Like it's still, it was still was a really enjoyable show yeah, like, and it's set up for the two events to, to be in the next Dr. Strange movie, which is something I'm very excited for. So I'm very curious how that whole thing is going to go. Yeah. I think that that's going to be where, like, if we're going to get a major moment, that's where it's going to come. It's not going to come on the TV show. It's going to be in that film. For sure. And then, I, I, yeah, I agree. There was so many like little things in that uh, show though that just made it so good, like uh, Jimmy Woo and like um, Kat Denning's character being back. Like she, like once she showed up, I was like, I instantly was like, I love this, I love the show now because her character like is very much one of those ones is like is like a fan watching the show, like with what's going on, like her her reactions to stuff was very much uh, on point and. Um, so I, I was really happy when she was brought in. And then like the final two episodes were like some of the, like, I couldn't believe it. Like they were movie quality, but they were TV episodes. So, I mean, I, I don't know what there was to really complain about other than like, you didn't get Dormammu or like Mephisto or any of these characters. Like, I'm sorry. You, you don't get those on a TV show. You'll probably get them in, right. in, in the movie. So you just got to wait, but yeah, exactly. Like that, that was my thing. Like, I enjoyed reading a lot of the fantasies because like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. But at the end of the day, like, I'm just going to let it play out how the writers are writing. Like, I've already watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they already are like planting seeds and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm excited to see where this goes. And then they brought in that guy as the new Captain America. And he looks like a door. So I was like, okay, cool. And the <laughs> internet hates him. So I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, supposedly, I, like, I, be- I want to say it's like, I know like some of the stuff from Captain America because like he's one of my favorites and I haven't fully dove into like his entire history because it's just 
so massive with like he's been around forever um even like longer than wolverine and stuff so like his library is ridiculous but like a lot of the stuff like that happened like when he was away so like you like um u.s uh soldier and like or u.s agent and uh like that kind of stuff i'm I'm really curious how they're going to tie everything together and like i've heard some fan theories already uh just from friends and i'm just like i don't want to talk about it i was like we got six episodes i was like we got we're down to we got five left i was like i don't want to hear anything about it and i'll talk about it all once we finish it because like i just want to i don't want to be spoiled if something happens again like no for sure i don't know why it just really irked me like for for all this other stuff i don't mind like knowing way in advance when stuff's going to happen but when it comes to like that show, like I was really like, it just really angered me when like, it turned out to be like that they were right about that one theory. I'm just like, it, just, ah, it spoiled it. Right. No, that's fair. I used to, I used to very much be like, ah, oh, I want to avoid spoilers. And then I was kind of like, well, if I see a spoiler, it's not going to like ruin my enjoyment of the like show. Cause it's just like, it's about the journey to getting to that. It's mm. not so much. That's what's happening. Ah, oh, it's ruined. It's for me. It's more like, okay cool if that's the ending how are they getting to that all right oh we've been talking for almost an hour um i don't really have any like wrestling questions like i know that you just uh wrestled for owa and they just released uh, that episode i believe last saturday uh is there anything you want to plug anything you want to promote anything you got coming up um uh let's see uh, um if you're in the area and want to come to a show come check out paul Cade. It's put on by uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling and MidwestTerritory.com. Uh, Chad Franks is basically doing like a, a show to benefit the local animal shelters. So you you can bring your doggos. It's in an open air event. So like, you know, still wear your mask and stuff, but like you'll be able to socially distance. So, and that's coming up in April. You can check out Paradigm socials for that. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter at I'm Adam Slade. And then you can follow the rest of the Lost Boys. I don't know their Twitter handles off the top of my head, but just search Bradley Prescott before Chase Holiday and uh, Hoodfoot, and you'll be able to find them. All right, right on. And shout out to Mouse as always. Yes, yeah. We, the, my first two episodes had to talk about Mouse. Was going to save it for the end here. We got to talk about Mouse. Um, I've, I've actually met you one time before, uh, and it was actually because of Mouse. We were at, um, where was it? It was after a show. It was after, I think, Bizarro. No, it was, yeah, it was, uh, no, it was after a Black Label Pro show. It was after Slamilton, I want to say. Um, and we went to the place with the chocolate cake shake. Uh, Portillo's. Portillo's, yeah. And we were all kind of uh, sitting there and we were eating and just BSing and stuff like that. But uh, my buddy Justin introduced me to Mouse. Uh, I want to say it was a couple shows before that, but. Uh, and he's just been, uh, somebody who's always fun to like throw ideas, uh, off of on Twitter. Like when I talk to him and him and I have like a lot of the same like interests when it comes to TV shows and stuff like that. And he's, he's really become like, uh, I don't know. I won't say like, uh, he's, I, I guess he'd be like a godfather of like Midwest wrestling. It feels like. Yeah, for sure. He's, uh, he's basically like, he's kind of like a talent scout for an agency that like, he just tells people to book certain people just because he like sees them wrestle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, like he's always like offered me seats in the car. Like if he's going to shows and stuff, like he's always been like cool with like taking pictures and stuff for like, if I need new promo pictures and whatnot, like he was when him and, uh, 
his kid Billy started doing open running on Tuesday. He was one of the first. I was one of the first people to hit up about it. So he's always just been real, and so I like to be good to him and give him shout out, shout outs whenever I can. Yeah, he's 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 awesome, and uh, I always appreciate. Uh, all his input and uh i always ask him like oh you think i could have a good interview with this person or that or and he always uh tells me like yeah do it man so thanks mouse yeah mouse for go we appreciate you all right man uh that's that's all i got um so so thanks for doing this i appreciate it hey i appreciate you man thanks for having me on